0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. It's AV Insider, I'm your host, Johnny Moda. As always, I am your host on this wonderful show that I call AV Insider, which can be found at ravepubs.com, which of course is under the Rave Pubs radio tab, and there are many other shows there that are similar to mine, not quite the same, different hosts, different topics, different age ranges, still very informative, and you can find all that at ravepubs.com under the Rave Radio tab. My show is called A.B. Insider. That's just one of the ones that I have there. That's what you're listening to. And if you found me on accident, welcome to the show. And if you didn't, welcome back. So as you know, I'm the host. The show is not about me. It's about my special guest. Today I have Colin Barcelou, who is the CEO and co-founder of Axios. Colin, welcome to the show. Hopefully I didn't butcher your last name too bad.
1: No, you said it perfectly. I'm very impressed.
0: Well, Thank you kindly. Um, yeah. So first of all, thank you for taking the time. I appreciate it. I know we're doing some free time and you're busy running in this, this company, so we'll try to make it as fast as possible so you can get back to running this company.
1: No, well, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to talk with you about the smart home space and AV automation and, and tell you more about what we're building at Axios.
0: Yeah. So typically I like to start the show by asking you, tell me about Axios, but before we even get to that point, What I would love to know is a little bit about you, right? What's your background? Maybe this is your first job in the technology industry. Maybe this is your first job ever. I do not know, but I would love to hear any amount and full details or little details as you'd like about your background and how you got to building this company, Axios.
1: Totally. So um, I'm a, a serial entrepreneur. Uh, Axis is actually my third startup. Cool. And uh, now I, I feel like uh, I'm still kind of young in the startup game, uh, being in my early 30s. But uh, I guess probably not anymore since I'm doing this for the third time. Um, but I uh, I really got it fell in love with computers when I uh, probably like a lot of your listeners was in high school and started getting into building computers and. S- first started getting the internet, and I've always just had a huge fascination around technology. And so um, I, when I graduated high school, I went to college at Santa Clara University and got a degree in uh, management information systems and um, started my career out uh, working for Google and actually uh, didn't really like Google at the time. And so I was like, if I didn't like working for them, I better try my hand at startups. Sure. Um, so <laughs> started my first company in the e-commerce space and it was a business called book renter. And, uh, we were the first company to rent textbooks to college students. Well, I'm sorry, and, what um,
0: are, what are books? No,
1: I'm just it kidding. was called, no. yeah. <laughs> what, what, what's a book? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, well, people still buy textbooks or, or they rent them now, yeah. especially college students. Uh, so started that company back in kind of 2007 and, uh, grew that up and ultimately, um, uh, sold it, and uh, after that, uh, really just got the whole startup bug, um, and started a company called TechMate, um, which was um, Uber for tech support. So we were going after Geek Squad and building a app and platform to help people get um, computer repair on demand. And so coming into the AV industry and the smart home space, um, I really come more from the IT world um, and the computer support and repair world. Um, and uh, when I started that company, um, I saw that there was a big demand um, for all this emerging technology that's coming into our homes um, and really got interested in smart homes and automation and AV. Um, so after TechMate, when we exited from there, uh, really wanted to focus uh, exclusively on smart homes and figuring out how people the to service to help support people and emerging needs they're going to have with all this technology that's quickly coming into their homes.
0: Cool, and 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 that brings us to Axios, which was what year?
1: Axios started last year. Okay, so last, the company about a, a, a little over a year old.
0: Okay, so now that uh, now that we're here, tell me tell me the idea of Axios. Who is Axios? What do you provide, and and who do you provide it to?
1: So um, Axios is a service that helps people monitor secure and get support for all of their smart devices in their home. Okay. So um, the, the service is really designed for the average homeowner. And our belief is that as the smart home grows, as technology expands, um, it's going to move beyond the do-it-yourselfers, the real techies, the real early adopters. And there's going to be this need to help people with all these new devices in their home. So the average lawyer, doctor, accountant, people that are not tech-savvy, they're gonna see this explosion of, of devices coming in their homes and they're gonna need help. And so the whole mantra behind Axios is building a service to help support their smart homes. And so the end customer is the average homeowner, but the way that we go to market and the way we sell is through builders and through um, technology integrators. And so we, we, we don't sell direct to consumers, we sell through um, our partners.
0: Okay. And what kind of partners do you have or who, what types of people are these partners?
1: Yeah. So these are um, typically uh, for builders. It's these are high volume builders that are building communities that have a real emphasis on smart home technology. Oh, okay. And so we partner with them and help them figure out what to put in, um, how to install it. Um, and then ultimately hmm. we offer our service to homeowners once they move in. Um, okay. So, that's one that's one channel for us and then the second big channel for us is are the AV technology integrators who are going into homes doing a great job installing all this but don't really have a way to offer support once the installations done and so we're coming to them saying hey let's partner with us you guys install the technology you maintain the customer relationship but use us for um, a recurring relationship and use us for support and so when um, When they're done installing it they'll sell our service as an add-on and people will sign up for the recurring monthly service and then Mm -hmm. we'll provide all the support so the integrator doesn't have to so when they call saying hey my nest is acting up i can't turn it on uh we'll offer the help desk and the support um so the integrator doesn't have to do that themselves
0: so i guess ideally your ultimate customer is the the homeowner The end
1: customer is the homeowner. Yeah. So that's who we're supporting, but we sell through our channel partners and the people that sell the service are the technology integrators.
0: I see. Okay. So you're not like out there trying to like find people who are building or moving into these homes. You're, you're trying to get to the builders, to the integrators and then they're reselling. I get it. Okay. Yep.
1: And they're reselling the service to the homeowner.
0: Okay. Okay. So let's, let's talk, let's talk about that. Right. So then we have integrators, we have builders, and there's two very different business models there, right? You know, the integrators are generally the ones that are working with the builders, not necessarily a builder themselves, right? They're typically an AV firm or they could even be electrical uh, company that has an AV division. They could just be a design firm, right? Um, Yep. This service how does that work exactly? You you are a tech support service for a XYZ integrator or XYZ builder, right? So yep. when that service is sold, you are selling them a monthly package? That's that correct.
1: correct. Yeah. So we, and I should just clarify. So we, we sell a monthly subscription okay. so, um, to that, that they sign up for. Um, and then with builders, we don't do any, we're all, we're completely virtual service. We don't do any integration. We don't have, we don't have truck rolls. We don't have any installer teams. And so when a builder, we partner with them, we'll refer that installation to one of our EV companies that we work with. Okay. Um, so they like that a lot because it's a source of new business. So when we go out and close a builder that says, Hey, I want to build a smart home. I want to put a bunch of technology in. We'll help support them through that process, um, and the way we make money is ultimately, as you said, selling the monthly recurring subscription. Sure. Um, so we'll we'll refer them to one of our partners, um, uh, which is one of the AV companies that will actually go and install everything, because we don't do that. That's not part of our service.
0: And 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 just so I can clarify, the service itself is more of basically being a twenty four seven tech support company for the actual
1: integrator that's correct so we provide the the 24 7 support and um and that way when customers have an issue um they're going to call us right because the integrator doesn't want to take that phone call like if, if if the if the nest as we said isn't working or the sonos can't connect to the internet um, they're not wanna they're not going to want to take that phone call at nine o'clock at night. And right. so they call us and we're the help desk and service that that ends up actually troubleshooting and fielding that call. And so, so and, and just to kind of clarify, and so then if we're not able to, if there's an issue like where something needs a truck roll, then we'll refer that integrator to then go and do the truck roll and have the service call.
0: So let me ask you this is a part of your service also remote monitoring these systems or is it purely just taking the calls and fielding the, the integrator
1: uh, it's a great question um, it is part of remote monitoring so I'm sure you're familiar with Domotes. yes um, so we use domo so we partner with them and oh. so for every um, customer we uh, also install a Domotes box and we use that for the monitoring
0: okay I got it um, there are similar companies to your business model, not identical, but similar.
1: That's, that's true.
0: Right. <laughs> so how would you differentiate yourself from the others? Right. How do how, what would, um, what would make you better or worse or how, how would someone find Axios? Right? Like why, why would someone yeah, choose? So not to, to say they wouldn't, but why would they choose you?
1: Well, so first off, it's probably good you have competition, which means that it's sure. a good idea. So yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. Um, yeah. We do have a couple of competitors. I think that the big difference is, is the Domos platform. So okay. our two, com- two big competitors are using IHG and then SnapEV. Mm-hmm. So um, we've aligned ourselves with Domos. Um, so that's probably one, one big difference. And we feel, obviously, that Domos has a superior product. And so we're very excited to work with them. Um, so I think that's, that's one. I think the second is our pricing model. Mm-hmm. So unlike our, our competitors who charge on a per-ticket basis, um, we have a fixed monthly cost per per user. Um. So we're not charging on a seat or a ticket. Uh, we just give you the monthly cost and then that's all you have to pay. And I think for a lot of our uh, customers and partners, um, that makes a lot more sense. Um, okay. And then I think the third one is that we really focused on building out a software platform that can help support the integrator. So um, we have uh, uh, an account where they can log in, they can see their, their customers, um, they uh, can get ticket updates. Um, we also can provide uh, branded emails of the integrator so that you know, monthly reports go out to their um, customers about what went on with their accounts, um, we have a whole email flow. Um, so we offer a lot more, um, I think engagement and, and marketing tools that some of our competitors don't just exclusively focus on support. Them.
0: Okay. R- uh, really quick for the listeners who are unfamiliar with who or what Domos is go back. If you haven't already listened to it, episode 94 of AV insider recorded December 12, 2016, where I interviewed the CEO and co-founder, Domenico Crapanzano who speaks with me about basically what the company is and where they came from. Very similar company to Fing and, uh, services. And now they basically are one in the same essentially, but go back to episode 94, listen to him, uh, tell everything about his company. So you don't have to hear me say, it. or you can listen to me, ask him questions. Either way, episode 94, check it out.
1: <laughs>
0: now, uh, in this short year that you've been a company, uh, I imagine you've probably gone to trade shows to promote, right? So you, you've partnered with Donuts. Uh, you probably go to trade shows, correct?
1: That's correct. Yeah, we were um, we were at Cedia this year in San Diego. Okay. okay. Uh, that's where we, lo- we launched Oh. Uh, officially. Um, and we've also been to – we were just at Tech Home X in okay. Arizona, um, if any of your listeners were there. Um, we were also at the uh, IBS, which is the terrible acronym <laughs> uh, but it's <laughs> but it's actually an international builder show, yeah. Not not the uh, other use of it, um, and uh, we'll also be at a couple of trade shows coming up. Um, we'll be at Tech Home X in California uh, in March. Uh, it's down in Pasadena, so we'll be there with a booth, and we'll also be um, meeting with a bunch of uh, companies about the service.
0: Now, the the shows you kind of mentioned, and I, I could be wrong, I feel like they're more residential grade shows versus commercial grade shows or pro audio or pro you know uh, commercial integrator if you will um, do you are you geared more towards the residential side of things versus commercial platforms
1: yeah I know that's it's you're, you are right um, the focus of the business right now is on the residential side okay um, and I think if we step back and we think about where the smart home space is Um, and really the value that that all of us are providing to homeowners, because at the end of the day, that's really what it comes down to, is how do we provide value to homeowners, and how do we get them to pay us money? Um, It's clearly for us is the more devices you have per household, the more you need support, the more you need an integrator, the more you need a service. So our strategy has been really to focus where we're seeing the most devices per household. Mm -hmm. And um, right now we're seeing that on, The residential and on new construction builds. I think that over time, as people upgrade, as they retrofit, um, we'll see the the space grow. But right now, the focus for us has really been on new residential construction because we see the most devices going in there. And so I think over time, there's definitely a commercial play. Um, Sure. You know, I think we'll see more and more around smart buildings. Um, Yeah. Uh, as as time goes on. I mean, there's a ton of benefits, right, that, that I'm sure you're aware of. Um, from the commercial side, just the cost savings of, of smart devices from uh, energy management, from automation, there's a lot of cost savings. Um, we just haven't seen it go on, at, happen as quickly as we're seeing on the residential side.
0: And so tell me tell me about your business model, right? So you're, we talked about integrators, and we talked about home builders. So how does that work in terms of having a contract with either one, right? You talked about the, the international Builders show, We talked about Cedia, right? Two very uh, residential shows, but two yep. very different types of companies, right? One's obviously building the homes and one is doing the actual integration of, of those things. But yep. you kind of, you kind of work with both because not to say that the builders can't do the integration or they can't, you know, supply some of the materials on some, on a basic level. Um, So how does that work for you as a company? How do you, you, um, I I feel like there's two different basically sort of service contracts for either one of those.
1: Yeah, so I think um, at the end of the day, the service we're providing is really the same, whether you think about builders or you think about integrators. At the end of the day, we're monitoring and supporting homeowners. Yeah, um, the way that we price our business is, is pretty transparent and simple And it. I think back to your earlier question, I think that's an advantage of Axios is okay. uh, we charge tw- $29 a month per household. Okay, um, and that includes the, the monitoring by Domo. It includes the help desk and it includes unlimited support. Um, so uh, what what we found with our integrator partners is they mark that up. So we charge them $29 and then they're free to go charge whatever they want to their customers because ultimately but then at the, end of the day it's their customers sure and so we're seeing them charge anywhere from forty nine to ninety nine dollars a month in these recurring packages okay and so it kind of depends on geography and depends on what kind of you know what else they're providing mm-hmm. um, but we charge one uh, monthly uh, cost per household and then uh, they can then charge it up to whatever they want to their customers um, in terms of builders I think builders aren't necessarily doing the markup um, they're just, uh, they, they could in some cases, but mostly they're using us because I think, you know, kind of to your earlier point, they are not sophisticated enough to, to handle the installation support or the, the, um, setup. So they're really offloading that to us because they don't have that same level of sophistication, uh, perhaps AV or, or, uh, tech integrated does. So I think the uses are different, but the pricing model is exactly the same. We charge okay. the same price if you're a builder or you're an AV company.
0: Got it. Um, now, but what about? I wouldn't say that. I mean, the end, the customer, the homeowner, right, is the person that needs the service. The integrator and That's the correct. builder are are your basically customers to then turn it around. But then, ha, have you thought about? And maybe this doesn't make sense at all. But have you thought about approaching? <laughs> um, Realtors, right? Realtors, uh, or even architects.
1: I think that makes a ton of sense. Um, we haven't gone there, but um, i I think it does make a lot of sense because those are the people that are kind of on the front lines selling yeah. a lot of this or designing it. Right. And so, um, you know, we've we really like those channels, and I think it, it it's really interesting. Um, and so that's something we've thought about down the down the road. Um, but we started, we wanted to focus on kind of the partners we thought that had the best success of going to market with and the mm-hmm. most sophisticated. And that's clearly the the AV community. I think realtors make a ton of sense. It's just going to take a lot more education and help for them to be able to kind of roll out the service to people. But it, it's definitely in the world of real estate. Um, I think those two are, are great opportunities for growth.
0: The the reason I, I thought of that was, uh, yeah. if I think about CDS former CEO, Vin Bruno, he deployed a program with uh, realtors here in the United States to to get smart home tech or basic level quote unquote IoT devices in, in new homes, right? So this yep. is, that was an idea that at a company back in 2008 that I worked at. We were trying to approach at the at the same time because, you know, being an integrator doing all these homes and all these people, I said, "Well, there's all these homes that are already out there, and as they sell them, a lot the of times what happens is they come in, they buy it, and they basically take out all the old stuff, put in new tech, right? And it's not for exactly. everybody, but it's it's more and more typical. Why aren't we Absolutely. educating the realtors, right? And so Vin successfully did this later on, you know, ten years down the line or whenever it was, uh, yep. two years back. He he did this and. I think that was brilliant on his part and it actually worked and, you know, they are educating the homeowner, you know, about smart home tech. And now you are educating your integrators and your homeowners who then are in turn educating the homeowners about having these types of services and why it's important.
1: Right. that's,
0: That's why I was wondering if that's something that you're considering or maybe not just yet.
1: Yeah, no, we are definitely considering it, and to add to your point, there was was an interesting study that came out by Coldwell Banker, one of the largest realtors in the country, that basically said that by installing all the smart home technology and and selling your your home as a smart home, uh, you could get an increase in the selling price. And so they had a big um, push to try to get people to install smart home technology as a way to boost the, the end price to consumers.
0: So that was uh, the, that was the real, realtor agency that Vin worked with to, to get that program out there. Yep.
1: Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So they, they, did, they commissioned a study as part of that program probably. And they've been the, really the most aggressive um, of the realtors. And so um, I think they had a lot of initial success. And last I heard, you may know better, that they're, they're kind of looking to uh, ramp up the program and, and push it out to more of their realtor base.
0: Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. But I mean, I, I, I would hope that other realtors are, are hopping on board and and even the architects now, because in the past on the architect side, um, when approaching about why smart home technology is the future and why it's important now, it went one of two ways. Like, yes, I'm already doing that or no, I've done it in the past and we had a horrible horrible experience and so it's been a tough sell and it's gotten better with certifications and more companies hopping on board with certifications doing the remote monitoring and having these types of services to ensure that your your smart home works that when things break down you have someone to call 24 7 you feel comfortable you feel safe you know that the integrator or the builder that who put this in there did it correct but you have a backup you have someone to call you have someone monitoring and servicing your 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 um your, your smart home, right? So at the end of the day, you didn't pay a bunch of money for someone just to disappear on you.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I think that's such an important point. I think one of the mistakes that that um, the industry made is a lot of people thought that the the process and the service was over after the installation, and people just said, "Oh, all we have to do is install it. All this technology is smart; it's going to be perfect, and <laughs> homeowners won't need any help.
0: And It'll I never break." That
1: was, It'll never break and everything will just magically work and, and connect and sync and cut consumers will never have a problem with their with their internet provider and everything will be awesome. Install it and then leave. Yeah. And I think that was the prevailing thought for for several years when a lot of this stuff came on the market. And in addition, I think there is this notion that you know you don't got God, we don't want to talk to customers, we don't want to do a truck roll because it costs money. And so let's just install it, get out, be done, and never look back. And I think that people are really starting to realize that's the wrong way of thinking about it. And the way you want to think about it is exactly what you said, which is the installation is the start of the customer journey. And that's really the beginning of it. And the way to really to, to really run these businesses and deliver value is to build that relationship over time. And what better way to do that than offer monitoring and, and support service that keeps the customer engaged? And... By the way, what we're finding is if you you offer value, you help customers, you gain their trust, and then they're going to come back to you to say, wow, that was awesome. I loved installing my ring doorbell and the Nest camera. I'm ready for some speakers. Let's talk about installing some speakers. And they're going to come back to you in six to 12 months and keep installing and buying more as long as you provided good value and you helped them. And so I think that's the industry, what they're going through is really Really moving one to more about recurring relationships, recurring revenue, and keeping that going after the initial install.
0: Now, in the short time that you've been a company, uh, I imagine you have any amount of dealers, and it's probably—I would assume—it's been received well by the integrator industry and even the builders. What, what are you trying to achieve, right? So you are a twenty-four-seven remote monitoring slash tech support company for these builders and integrators. What would you say is the goal for you? Is it just to, to gain more dealership, maybe being one or two, expand into other areas?
1: Well, I think right now we're just looking to, to, to expand and grow and, and add more customers, add more sure. dealers and integrators. So I think right now that's really our core focus. Um, okay. I think that the industry is so new. Um, You mentioned that we have a few competitors, um, yeah. but honestly, like this whole concept of remote monitoring support is, is just beginning. Right. And so mm-hmm. I think there's so much opportunity, so much growth in this new space. We're really focused on, on really perfecting the service and, and growing it and providing really good value. Um, I think over time. As as we as we scale, I think there's a ton of other channels that we could help support. And I think architects, realtors, um, uh, property management companies, uh, you know, in terms of multifamily rentals is super exciting. Uh, vacation rentals is also an interesting opportunity for smart home technology. So I, I'm just very obviously bullish on the whole space. And I think we're honestly just at the beginning. People have been talking about the smart home for a decade now, but um, I think this year is is really, we're starting to see manufacturers go fully in on connected devices and smart homes. Mm-hmm. And I think they're starting to push a lot more products to market. Um, and so I think in the next, you know, 12, 18, 24 months, we're going to continue to see more devices get bought and installed. And I think that's really where we grow is as more, as we said, as more people install more technology in the home, they're going to need support. They're going to need monitoring. Um, they're going to need assistance. So I think there's more enough opportunity to grow just in kind of our existing services right now
0: so right now you are based uh here on the west coast correct
1: yeah so we're based in san francisco and then we have our operations center where the help desk is is based in phoenix arizona oh okay um, so, so yeah pretty much west coast I, I don't know would you consider arizona west coast
0: yeah i mean it's close <laughs> kind of <laughs> yeah kind of
1: yeah yeah um, so yeah
0: so as your company expands right would you consider opening like an east coast branch and even something outside of the united states
1: uh, i think next is we we are looking at the east coast um we have a couple companies in dc and new york that we're working with right now mm-hmm. um and so that's kind of the next area we'll, we'll look to grow to um and i think right now we don't have any plans for international um you know a lot of people ask me why don't we just open up a call center in you know, overseas? And right now we're very hesitant to do that because our real value is the service we provide. And we, we, we take a lot of um, pride and emphasis in delivering that service. And so the best way for us to do that is really own it and keep it in house for now. Um, So right now the kind of next step would be to expand in the East coast, which we hope to do um, later this year.
0: Um, Not to push the, you know, overseas thing, but like just as an example, you know, I talked to other startups and, typically what happens is this is the two trends that I see, right? So we have something here in the States and then they go over to to Britain or something like that, United Kingdom. Right. Or they're already based there and then they come here one because a lot of the talent, as you're probably well aware of, is here in the Bay Area, right? Where you're located, there are so many incredibly talented coders and engineers and startups have started in a little area called the Soma District, right? South of Market. That's right. And A lot of people come to this area one because of the talent and it's easier to, to find help and get recognized. Right. Well, two is it's expensive here. So if they're already here, maybe they, they go overseas because of the market there, right. Expand outside the United right. States and right. maybe it's a little more affordable and then you kind of get two two sides of the, of the planet. And then, or like I said, you know, we if we're here on the West coast, we go to the East coast or somewhere in the center where it's a little bit more affordable that you're not paying all the taxes and outrageous prices that California has to offer. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that, that's, that's the reason I asked is like, you know, any, any plans yeah. out because of what it costs here versus, you know, East coast honestly isn't, isn't that much more or less expensive. They're actually very similar, but when right. like you said you have Arizona, it's probably way more affordable to have your center there.
1: Oh, I mean, that's why we did it. Right. Like even early on, I think a lot of companies would say, well, it's too hard. Like let's just keep everything in one place right now. But uh, you're 100% right uh, in terms of the cost. And so when we looked at it, Arizona is about 50 to 60% cheaper than San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And again, we're, we're in the most expensive part. We're downtown, close to Soma that you referenced. Yeah. Um, so it made a ton of sense to move our operations center there. Um, and you have to remember, the other half of our business, as we talked about, is building software. Um And so in addition to our help desk, uh, we also are developing a lot of software and tools to help run our business. And so San Francisco, I think, is still the best place in the world to do that. Um, And so we're trying to get the best of both worlds about having our headquarters and engineering here in San Francisco, but then having our operations in Phoenix to help keep costs down. Yeah, Um, that makes sense. Yeah, so I think that's kind of the short-term plan. I think as we get bigger, we'll, we'll kind of see how that all plays out. Um, but unfortunately California is a very expensive place to do business and I'm sure we could have a whole nother podcast on why that is (laughs) (laughs) but I'll leave it at that
0: yeah Um, so Cedia is where you launched. And then you said, uh, do you say Home Tech X or what was the other trade shows that you go to?
1: Yeah, we'll be at uh, Tech Home X. It's tech a home big uh, technology, residential technology show in Pasadena, California in, uh, in uh, mid-March.
0: Okay. Yeah, I'm unfamiliar with that show, but I'll definitely put it on the radar to check out. Uh, yeah, I think
1: it's good. It's, it's, it's by AE Ventures. AE Ventures puts a lot of these uh, home tech shows on. Yeah, they kind of have five or six uh, during the year. So I recommend you and your listeners check it out because they have a lot of uh, new services and technologies that are launching there, and it's a great way to kind of keep up with the current trends and meet companies like Axios.
0: And what what kind of um, response since your launch have you got from your your integrators? Right, let's just focus on the integrators right now.
1: Yeah, I think it's been really positive. Um, I think people in the industry, in the CDA community, have been talking about reoccurring revenue uh, yeah. for a while now. Um, it's kind of been the mantra that I've heard in my time in the industry is get reoccurring revenue, get reoccurring revenue, get reoccurring revenue, yeah. um, which makes a ton of sense. But in reality, it, it's very challenging to set that up. It's, it's not easy to set up a help desk, to do the phones, to set up domos, um, to set up the, the ticketing system. And so we're trying to fill that void where we can help integrators get additional revenue, but more importantly, keep those customer relationships. Um, so I think it's been super positive because I think finally the, the industry is coming around with this concept of, of ongoing customer relationships. But I think the challenge is there hasn't been a good way for them to do that. So our hope is that we kind of give them both benefits. And um, so, so that's been really positive and we've had a really good reception. And so that's why we're now really looking to scale this up and, and really build it because um, we're really encouraged by the initial customers that we have.
0: Can you give me an example of um, like a good use case for Axios, right? So someone give me a, a great example um, of how, how the platform works, right? So I have a, I have a system. I'm a homeowner. I've hired um, so-and-so integration to do my work. And yep. it's 9 o'clock at night, right? So... Does the integrator tell, tell the homeowner or the client, say, you know, hey, these are my hours, you can reach me, blah, 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 but if you have any technical questions or after-hour support, you can call this number? Is that how that works?
1: So, yeah, what will happen is we'll, we'll onboard that customer. Um, they'll, they'll get signed up for the service through the integrator, and then when the integrator will let us know that there's a new customer, uh, we'll go through a process of onboarding them. and onboarding means they get set up with an account. It's all branded for the uh, it, uh, for the AV company. okay? So it's their brand, their logo. Yeah um, And so they'll get onboarded. As part of that onboarding, they'll get a phone number and email. Um, and so when they call, um, that they'll have the number ahead of time to call. So initially initially, that number will get routed to us um, for support. Uh, most integrators keep a different number for sales. Um, uh, and so they'll typically handle the sales call. We'll handle support. Um, what we can do in our system too is we can route to. So if someone gets confused and is looking for sales, we can route them back to the, the integrator. Oh, cool. Um, and, and so uh, they'll the, part of the onboarding process. will handle all that. And then so when someone has at nine o'clock and their TV is not connecting to um, the internet uh, to watch Netflix, uh, they'll get a number. They'll call us. We'll pull up their account. The cool thing, as you know, about DomoX is we'll know exactly the router model. We'll know exactly the TV. We'll have a bunch of diagnostics information. So we'll be able to troubleshoot that remotely and help them fix it. Um, another cool thing our, our, our software can do is we can send the, the homeowner a text message. That text message uh, will pop open a link that they click, which then opens up the camera on their phone. And so through the camera on
0: Hey everyone, sorry about that. I had a little issues with, uh, with my own personal internet, so uh, maybe I should have Axios troubleshoot. But, um, <laughs> but Colin, you were actually telling me about an instance where, where the, the homeowner will have an issue and through DelMuths they have a, an option to provide, right? Through DelMuths they have a link. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, I know. Uh, that We
1: actually planned that to show them that Axios. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, no, so we can send them a link, uh, they, it opens up their camera. And then from their camera, uh, they'll show us what's going on and we can uh, actually help them troubleshoot. So we'll see live, like, hey, you know, they always, oh, the, it's not plugged in or the cord came out or, you know, all these things that that uh, homeowners tell you. Um, yeah. Instead of just into to the phone, we can actually see it through their camera.
0: That's awesome. Okay. And so, and then, so I guess my next question to that though, they get a number that is that uniquely signed to to that integrator or how does that work how do you know each integrator
1: gets a yep each integrator gets a unique phone number a unique 800 number
0: okay so when it pops up you say okay this is so and so and then that's the way the phone's answered
1: yeah and that's that's how our ticketing system works and our, our call center software works is we're able to identify what customers link to what integrator
0: wow impressive i like that um So, um, aside the growth, aside uh, other offices, you know, moving around, growing, what would you say would be the next major goal? Um, Although, I think some of the offices and then such would be a good goal, Um, expanding too. I mean, what's what's coming down the pipeline for Axios?
1: Um, Well, so I think, uh, you know, we're a young startup, so uh, there's there's a million things for us to do. Sure. Um, I think for us, besides all the things that we talked about, um, we're really we're we're looking at trying to get additional channels for, for growth. I think that's the biggest thing in addition to just expanding the current ones and, and opening up some new offices. Yeah, um, uh, I, and that's a great thing for AV companies because again, we don't do any of the installation. Anytime we get a partner, whether it's a builder or a property manager or. A realtor one day, um, we refer all that to our uh, integrator partners, and that's part of the benefit of of being a customer is you get those referrals from us. So I think that's really after we start to grow, we want to go into different channels because I think there's a lot of other opportunities um, down the line with uh, with other uh, partners that we can grow.
0: Okay. Well, if, if someone out there is interested in becoming a partner, they're an integrator, they're a builder, whatever the case may be. If they are interested in even learning more, becoming a partner, what's the best way to, to reach out and do so?
1: Yeah. So um, definitely check out our website. It's www.axi.us. Okay. So it spells out Axios. Um, or, you know, honestly, anyone can email us um, just my email is Colin, C-O-L-I-N at A-X-I And so either feel free to email us or check out our website. We have a whole section on our uh, uh, integrator program. It's called Axius Pro. Um, it's right on the homepage. Um, so feel free to check that out. And, and we're always here to answer questions. Um, we'd love to hear from your listeners.
0: That's great. Yeah. Um, so, Obviously, everyone who's listening, if you're interested in becoming a partner or you just want to learn more about Axios, this young new startup for remote monitoring, for the integrator, the homeowner, for builders and everyone in between, go to Axios, which is, of course, WWW. Although, do we really need the W's these days? Think about that.
1: I don't think we do actually, but it seems like it's been ingrained over the last decade. <laughs> I'm just giving you a
0: hard time. I think that's actually based on, on your web, uh, your cutters, uh, the way that they wrote the code on your website. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. Use them or not. www.axi.us. That's Axios. Check them out. Um, in this day and age, if you have all these devices, which most people do now because we don't live in the old way of homes and some people still do, but all the new technology out there, everyone's got a smart device in their pocket. You probably have a Nest thermostat or a camera or a ring doorbell or a smart lock from August or whatever it is. You maybe have all those things. I don't know. Maybe they're stacking up. Maybe you have a home pod. Maybe you have a Google home. Maybe you have an Alexa. Maybe you have a ton of them like I do. I don't know, but it makes sense that you'd like to make sure that they work. You want to feel that you they work together and you have some sort of um, support team. So again, just go over to Axios, www.axi.us. And uh, if you are more of a social person like myself, you could probably follow them on some social channels, such as Twitter, which is at hello or Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash hello They are also on Instagram as at hello And if you're more of a business type and you want to reach out and check out some stats on LinkedIn, LinkedIn.com forward slash company forward slash Axios hyphen Inc. Check them out. Um, and if you want to give me comments on the show, you want to be on the show, you want to talk about technology, you're frustrated or you forgot all this information I just said on the show and you want to learn more about Axios, you can email me personally. It's Johnny, J-O-H-N-N-Y at ravepubs.com. If you want to just tweet at me on Twitter or, or whatever, it's pretty much at jmoda 3 on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, just Johnny Moda. Do not follow at J three on Snapchat. That guy's an imposter. He's probably my evil twin. I don't like talking about him, but here I am. It's actually AV underscore insider on, on Snapchat. But again, at the end of the day, if you want to just talk tech, you want to be on the show, want to learn more about Axios, email me Johnny, J O H N N Y at ravepubs.com. Colin, thank you so much for talking about your, your company, the third one, and, and (laughs) the services that you provide for us. I, I think that what, your company provides is very, very important. And I'm glad there's companies like yours out there.
1: Well, thank you, Johnny. It was awesome talking to you about Axios and the AV community and smart home space. And I really appreciate it and look forward to coming on again sometime soon.
0: Yeah, I was just going to say, actually, as we progress a little into the future and the company grows and expands and, and I'd, I'd love to have you back and learn more. And You can bring team members. You can just be you. It's really up to you. I uh, just kind of want to talk a bit more about the company, see how the dealers are responding, the home builders are responding. Maybe you'll have some realtors and architects who are, are now joining because they understand the value of remote monitoring and uh, the world we live in needs this kind of support
1: 24-7 and not just absolutely. 95. And And I will make sure to give you credit for those two ideas next time I come on and, and they're going super successfully.
0: Sweet. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, everyone, this has been AV Insider. We'll catch you on the next episode. And of course, you can find them all at ravepubs.com under the Rave Radio tab. Check out the other shows there, too. Mine is just one of the cool ones there. Everyone, again, AV Insider, I'm your host, Johnny. We'll catch you on the next show.